0: Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is your regular update for all your tillage news and advice. Continuing on from last week's episode from the Crops Forum, this week's episode focuses on the fertiliser supply and potential costs for 2023. Andy Doyle moderates the session with panel members from across the industry, including Kieran McAvoy from the IFA, Clive Carter from the Irish Grain Growers, Donal Maloney from Tierloan, and the McDonald from Grassland Agro. Bill Callinan from the Department of Agriculture and Kieran Collins, a tillage specialist in Chagas.
1: Will there be a fertiliser and uh, or what What will be the biggest pressure in the fertiliser
2: market for well, the year ahead? I suppose, Andy, the first thing I'd like to say is I, I, I noticed in your introduction you were introducing me as representing the fertiliser industry, but sure, I'll take the hospital <laughs> pass anyway. <laughs> and look at, I suppose, the lads are saying about risk and it's all about managing risk, I suppose. Look at the... Say as regards the fertilizer supply chain and everything else in this country, we've always traditionally um bought in a huge amount of fertilizer at the back end of the year. We respect that when it comes to January, February, March, there was always fertilizer available. The problem is now in the supply chain, stuff has gone so expensive. And even the capital to, to spend money on these shipments of stuff to bring them in now, it's too much. There's it's it's a capital scenario in trying to get the capital to buy the stuff in the first place, and then it's a stock risk actually carrying it. So the, the supply chain needs to change in that we say, and this is even from a gas perspective, I suppose, it. this is happening right up from manufacturer level right down to farm level. And I suppose the manufacturers are not buying gas. We've seen it in the last couple of weeks where there's manufacturers all across Europe are shutting down plants. They're shutting down plants because the gas that's coming in to make the ammonium means that the output that's coming out of those factories could be, you could be looking at can on a European gas scale at the moment, costing something like 1,200 euros to produce. And I suppose they're not getting, we're not giving them the support to buy stuff for the 1,200 euros. We're not getting the support from the merchant level. The merchant's not getting it from the farmer. So the whole chain is kind of dysfunctional at the moment. And I think that it's very important what the lads are saying. I know in other years, there's a lot of guys would be very reluctant to buy inputs and to sell outputs. But I think in the risk that we're heading into 2023, and somebody mentioned it there, it could be a bogey year. Like this buying stuff and selling your output and taking the margin that's there could be a very sensible thing to do because it's kind of like going into paddy power and putting money on like anything could happen between now and somebody mentioned an egotistical maniac earlier on he's still not gone away and anything could happen in the gas market or in at manufacturing level so like i think it's very important what the guys are saying about managing risk and i think that guys will have to take on board like what donald's saying and kieran and, and the lads like, we're going to have to, we'd say, manage the risk a bit more. And whether that's taking forward sales or buying the inputs forward, I think everybody's going to have to have a look at. It. Yeah, I think
1: in fairness to Clive's point, you know, that you're prepared to go if you can get the inputs. And I think the the big question is, you know, will we get them? Can we get them? regard I won't say regardless of the price, that would be a very flippant comment for somebody like me to make. But, you know, from the beginning of this year, uh, in conversations with farmers, I would always have replied that the price will not be the issue next year. And, and you know that seems to be the way it could potentially go. There's two things, I think, in it, and Enda, before I leave you, I think one is what the price will be and the overall availability. But the the other issue is that Ireland is not a big overall market for fertilizers. We may use a relatively big amount per acre, per hectare, but I don't know that we would necessarily be number one in terms of the needs when we're particularly being pushed onto new supply lines, because that's what the disruption of the... Am I wrong on that? Well, I suppose,
2: look. At, we're in a unique situation in that Ireland is probably one of the only countries in Europe to actually doesn't produce their own fertilizer. So I suppose with manufacturers, like we were in a scenario where last, year, last season before the war broke out, there was there's maybe 40% of the fertilizers coming out of Russia probably the vast majority of that was either in the country or it was on ships on the way here. So when the when the, the situation developed at the end of February, we weren't in that bad of a scenario because we had a lot of the fertiliser in already. Now we're facing into a scenario where we need to buy 100% of our supply from 60% of the availability. But now the 60% of the availability is now being shut off. So we have to go outside of Europe. And there is fertiliser available. There's urea available. There's uh, you're re-available from the States, from Trinidad, all these places, even though, be it, we have to pay tariffs to get it in here. But I suppose it's a small price to pay, we'll say, versus trying to buy European source stuff. But the problem is with that, and it's coming back to your question of will fertilizer be available? It will be available once the supply chain all the way up along is putting their hands up and saying they want the product. It's not a case of whereas we will say, in years gone by, we had a scenario where if we wanted potash, for example, we could put our hands up to a trader we could buy potash we could get it in maybe within 3 weeks whereas now you're looking at buying or, or urea was the same we could go to a trader there was stuff available there was uh, volumes of stuff in various different locations around europe that's not there at the moment so if we are looking to buy urea at the moment we could be looking at going to indonesia or americas or somewhere and you're you're in contact with a trader it could take up to 2 3 months for to get product in so Product is going to will be available, but it's just to, the whole way along the supply chain, including ourselves, merchants, farmers, everybody has to be clued in in advance this time.
1: Okay, so it's a case of who's willing to join the dots will be the ones that will be in the business. Um, Kieran, just before we leave that point, and to some degree, I think that the question was maybe answered by one of the previous speakers, one of the previous Chaga speakers, but you know we're looking at this massive increase in cost on the fertilizer side we're looking at other inflationary costs coming in on most other elements of input and um, I was asked the question yesterday and I'm passing it straight back to you should farmers be considering the option of going to not maybe all the way to organic which was the first question but going to a lower input scenario um,
3: I think it's a, it's, it's a difficult one to answer because generally higher output in Ireland has, has paid the bills, so I suppose that's the first point. I think there are within the fertilizer, because when you do look at the figures, it's fertilizer is driving those big changes. Um, and like when I was doing those figures there last week, I mean, um, urea, protected urea was actually I think it was about 30% cheaper than Ken. People tell me that has actually changed. It's actually that differential is larger now. So I, I think that's that's one thing that we need to look at. It's not business as usual doing what we always did. Um, the second part I think that's valuable is nutrient management planning. You know, again, there are soils out there that are index four for P and K. I think There's certainly savings can be made there, and I, I obviously with the with the new nitrates, anyway, we can't put out phosphorus without a, a soil sample to tell us that we can do that. So, I think there is scope, you know, um, and there's certainly scope at organic manures. Again, it's not for everyone; um, it won't be available to everyone, and they do come with a cost. But you know, on the signpost farms this year, we did a very successful looks at, you know, even in. Crop spreading of organic manure. So I think all of those things have to be on the table rather than just taking, I put out X units of Ain every year. And, you know, and, and that does make a big difference when you when you drill down into it.
1: Kieran, before before I leave that one, like, is there any evidence that there is going to be a willingness for a flow of nutrients through organic manures?
3: Other than, say, the pig or the poultry industry, will they be the major ones for most people? I, I, I still think that's going to be the case, yeah. yeah. You know, certainly look from dairying, they're, they're obviously a scope in certain areas, yeah, but pe- pig and poultry will be in its location, I mean, you know, if you're not in the area, yeah.
1: Okay. Can I, I slip across to, to Bill at the other side? Bill, there was a question pending that came to Fran uh, vis-a-vis the crop diversification uh, necessity in the new cap was, the, was probably the question, but realistically the, the big question is around the room or what about 2023? Is it there for 2023?
4: Yeah, look, at, I'm gonna come at it actually from the beginning though, because just listening, and I think it's a very good conversation we're having. So look at it as a government, I don't, I'm not a guru here, I don't have all the answers, but just we do regulate and we enable the industry. And, and you're kind of looking at how do we facilitate the conversation so there's a sharing of, uh, of knowledge so the first message i'd like to give is just that there is significant support for the sector from government and from the minister in terms of look at where are we at in the sector where do we need to be at and what are the drivers of those and the two drivers that are clear and evident to everybody are we've had the ukraine crisis which has a major impact in terms of global fertilizer be it from russia and grain coming from ukraine and whatever the challenge we have in certain areas of the world that's even existential so what i mean by that is very simple we depend on grain coming in here as part of our feedstock for the national herd or for for usage uh but you take areas like north africa they're actually dependent on it for for feed for people you know and if you look at the arab spring which was 2011 or 12 or whatever that was all arising from inability to feed people the bread price the price of wheat had had a massive Political issues. So there's an inherent risk from a food security of having a destabilising effect, and how do you manage that? At the same time, then we have the uh, the, the whole principle of um, the Green Deal, and how do we reduce the impact on the environment? And how, I suppose, as a department. We support industry in terms of achieving those objectives. So you're looking for support measures that maybe tick a number of those boxes, and that's what really generated the likes of the straw corporation scheme, which was very, uh, I think, welcomed by the industry and has been very positive. As one industry person said to me, it sorts out well, it improves land, it sorts out surplus straw, and it sorts out bad payers. So I suppose it's multiple objectives, and that would have been the driver in terms of the the value of the scheme and it was over 30,000 hectares last year and i think it's uh, nearly 50,000 hectares in this year so from that perspective the other side then was look at looking at our vulnerability nationally we're only 16 weeks self sufficient in grain you know and that would have driven the development of the the tillage incentive scheme in terms of how do we get back some of that 50,000 hectares that we've lost since 2012 so we had a uh, a decline of about 50,000 hectares there has been an increase last year about 9000 hectares you know we're certainly over 20000 hectares additionality this year i won't say the tillage scheme is is responsible for it all but certainly has supported that so we've clawed back some of that from a policy so just as an overall on the specific question then you asked which is we are entering a new cap we've heard a lot of material today there may be a lot of uncertainty in relation to it as you deal with it at individual farm level But for cropping next year, the minister recently announced a derogation in relation to the application of that, which effectively means it's a farmer's decision what crops they plant next year. Because you don't have the application of, you know, the crop rotation or the crop diversification required. So it's available to farmers to make that decision based on the best advice that Chagas would give or Andy will give in the journal, I'm sure, and taking account of what you'll hear in terms of fertilizer or the guides. The one thing I would draw attention to is to recognize that as as um uh as as Kieran really identified was that if you look at that protein aid, we're going from three million to seven million. That's absolutely certain for next year in terms of its availability. And if you look at the acreage this year, like it was static or fell slightly. So I would have thought a crop like that or protein crops, let's say there is an opportunity in terms of growing that because the aid rate will increase it's not going to just keep going up etc but it 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 has the potential to be significantly higher than it is today and I'll let the guys talk about that you know and and people can have that choice but the bottom line is there was a press release out last week identified the derogation available for next year that people can crop as they wish and people should just read that and see well look at how does it look i still remind people though, you need to be thinking longer term then in terms of crop rotation and how that, how compliance, you know, we just don't walk away from it next year, but rather the crop mix uh, and how it will contribute to long-term eligibility for for uh, um, crop
1: rotation. That's it. Okay, Bill, thanks. And uh, look, at, this forum is open to everybody in the audience. So if people have questions, get the hands up uh, online, get the hands up. Are there some sitting online, Dermot? Okay, let's let's just try and deal with a couple of those. Uh, or there can be a change of issues. It doesn't have to stay with the areas where we've been so far.
3: Yeah, yeah. there's just a couple here in line. One is really kind of gathering together the thing on forward set, or the availability of forward prices. And the kind of question is this, I suppose, the risk at this point is phenomenal. We need forward prices on fertilizer and grain together at a minimum. In other words, the two prices being available on the same day for someone to make a decision. So I think that's being partly dealt to it, but I think they're asking the industry, you know, can they provide those two prices at the one time together? Fertilizer and grain.
1: I'll just take that one there, but we'll go ahead. Donald, if I can drop that on you, because I know like you you don't have either of them today for the future, but you will understand the dilemma that all growers everywhere are in. That, you know, to, to make the commitment that either Clive or Kieran are talking about, it would be almost obligatory for the year ahead, even though it still may not happen and people will go as they always did because we're optimists by nature. Is it practical for the industry, possible for the industry to contemplate being able to offer both on the same day?
5: Uh, yeah, well, it's it's no issue with the grain, I suppose. And uh, you know most people will be aware that um, uh, tier lawn, I have to think about that every time I say it now, but uh, uh, that tier lawn have been kind of leading the way maybe with offering forward prices over the last number of years. And we do have a, a text message go out most weeks on green and dried prices. Uh, we haven't been offering um, 2023 prices yet. And that's simply just not to confuse, I suppose, until we're finished the 2022 harvest its entirety. But uh, there are prices available, I suppose, any day for 2023 on grain um, and, and, and oil sea rape and, and, and possibly beans. Uh, on the fertilizer, uh, we will have offers coming and, and there has been a, a cash offer available, I suppose, over the last couple of weeks um, <clears throat> through the business manager team uh, for people. And there will be further cash offers to say that there'll be uh, a grain price and a fertilizer pr- a price available every day might be, you know, uh, a little difficult um, just at the moment, but there'll be there'll certainly be a grain price and there'll be fertilizer prices, I would say, regularly uh, over the next number of months, or fertilizer offers available regularly over the next number of months from from our side anyway. Clive? Uh,
3: just one, one thing on top of that, Andy. Um,
5: something else that needs to be looked at from a farmer's point of view as well as price insurance um, can offer, particularly in this level of volatility, um, can offer uh, farmers great risk reduction. Um, I know it's in its infancy at the minute, but uh, there's great potential there for farmers.
1: Can I step back to Bill for a second? Bill, can can government or the department do anything to to help get that uh, supply chain kicked off on the fertiliser side in particular? Can Is it possible to try and encourage people to join the dots from an official perspective?
4: So I suppose, look at just at the department level, we have a regular So within internally with a, a Ukraine group let's to take all the issues we meet with the fertilizer industry regularly and i want to be absolutely clear i don't want to be suggested as pro or, or 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 again different sides of this just articulating what we're hearing and i suppose one of the things i have said around the fertilizer industry you know is that internationally fundamentally there's a difference in structure in that you know the fertilizer industry where it's producing and selling the price determines their profit in many ways but i do have to recognize that structurally in ireland there's a difference in that they're wholesaling that are buying and selling and that does add a certain different dynamic uh, it will be for individuals certainly to make a decision in relation to that but what we did do in terms of trying to coordinate a clarity from industry in particular was to set up the fodder group under mike McCann that's been meeting in relation to stocks of, uh, of fodder, et etc and you know it needs to continually consider these different issues you know from a stakeholder point of view so everybody at least has sight and they can make decisions based on the information as best it's made available you know so they're the fora in terms of where we try and ensure and, and i suppose facilitate discussion between the stakeholders rather than give guidance and i'm not going to give guidance in terms of of uh of fertilizer but it is Clear that in the in dynamic and certainly in our engagement and in industry that it does stand out to me that there's a different structure in relation to that that adds a risk, you know, and people then have to make uh, decisions at farm level, being aware of that. Enda, uh, you want to yeah, add ju- to
2: that? Just to come in there on your original question, you're asking Donald, I suppose the problem with the forward sale of fertilizer prices today and the forward the grain prices, we actually can't. And I, I, I spoke about it at the start of the fun, this dysfunctional supply chain. I suppose we cannot avail of a forward purchasing system for fertilizer. The only way we can actually forward buy fertilizer today is if we pick up the phone to the trader and we physically buy the product. Oh, yeah. And even it's gone it's gone so volatile at the moment. We even seen a scenario two weeks ago when the gas price started to take Well, it actually hadn't taken the welly upwards. It was maybe 11. This is how crazy the thing is. 11 o'clock of a Tuesday morning, we were offered a cargo of urea. By two o'clock, we decided to take it. We went to go back to the trader. We couldn't actually get in contact with him. He rang us back on the Thursday, and the price had gone up $185. So, like, we can't. And that's why I suppose the question earlier on was asked, will there be fertilizer available or not? Fertilizer would be available, but would be available at a price. And what I'm saying is, everything needs to be organized forward this season because it's not a and see job and say, right, I'm going to plant stuff now. And i'm going to just so look at it'll happen the opposite fertilizer that's not going to be case the case the, because the risk is so big to carry stock at the moment and it's the volume of money that's involved in actually bankrolling the stock to have it sitting in the yard is so great at the moment
0: so that's it for this week and my thanks to andy and all the panel members for joining me in the podcast in order to understand the aspects of the podcast which are most appealing and beneficial to you i would greatly appreciate if you could take three to four minutes to complete the survey the details of this are in the podcast notes. Finally, don't forget if you enjoyed the podcast and recommend it to a friend or colleague, and as always, rate, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more information, go to chargis.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week with more Tillage News and Advice.